0: Hello! Hi everyone! Welcome back to High and Dry! Today we're gonna be doing a big topic. A a big daunting topic but I think we killed it for the research and we're so excited to tell you guys about it. And we've, we've been doing it effectively. Yeah! Right. That's the biggest thing I learned from researching this is that we're doing good. Yeah.
1: <laughs> right. I, and it's funny because when. OK, so we're going to be talking about relapse today. Relapse. relapse daunting, scary. Yeah. Um, But it's funny because, yeah, through all the research, realizing like we're doing a lot of these things without even realizing or even the different stages of relapse. There are many, many times that I did relapse. I was so unaware of my emotions, mm-hmm. my mental state and all of it mm-hmm. that led to the actual relapse yes right me too and that's okay if you I mean it's it's okay if you relapse forgive yourself like it happens yeah it's part of the process it's
0: definitely part of the process mm-hmm. so when I think of relapse in the kind of modern setting of life when somebody mm-hmm. says relapse the first thing that comes to my mind is like a 45 year old aa guy that smokes cigarettes yeah. in a truck and like He's like, he beats his wife and he relapsed. Mm -hmm. And it's like kind of that AA white male figure Mm -hmm. of what relapse is. And obviously, everyone can have uh, substance abuse issues and everyone could be an alcoholic. Everyone can be abusing alcohol. Um, So diving into this topic, I just, I'm really, really excited to talk about it. Mm 77% of people will relapse in the first year, according to AA of recovery. And then that number drops to 7% over five years. Mm -hmm. So once you're five years sober, you have a 7%. That's still pretty high.
1: Yeah. Seven people out of 100. Even like when you hear about people who relapse after 20 years of sobriety, like it can happen. You think it's not going to be you and like you just always have to be on top of it. Yeah. It's not going to go away. You really do.
0: So we're so excited to dive in.
1: In this episode, we're going to be covering the different stages of relapse, triggers, best ways to recover, and prevention. I, as someone who's definitely relapsed many times, Mm -hmm. you were sober curious more. And you know what, though? In 2019, I tried to get sober and uh-huh. I relapsed. Okay, yeah, um, yeah. I'm sure there were times before even you thought about it and yeah. whatever and stuck to drinking. There's so many 90-day
0: challenges I did that I failed at.
1: So in today's episode, we're going to be giving some tools that I think are extremely helpful. And they could help you, maybe somebody you know, not just alcoholics. It could yeah, be they could people, help anyone. Yeah, with different vices, yes. whatever it is. It could be other uh, substances.
0: I don't want to minimize this, Uh but you know what a lot of these stages remind me of is when you want to text an ex. I know. Yeah, totally. Did you feel that way
1: too? Yeah. It's anything, any vice, anything, maybe self-destructive behavior. Yeah. It could be texting an ex or somebody that you shouldn't be doing something that you probably shouldn't be doing Mm -hmm. and you know it and you've been trying to avoid. These tools could help you. Yeah. These (laughs) tools. Don't text that ex. No. We're talking to you. Listen to this podcast a hundred times. Don't text yeah. him. Text, text your friends. Mm-hmm. I was going to say text us, but you probably don't have our number. Ah. <laughs> you we got way too big a too male it. demographic I to know. be giving out yeah. our number. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. So it's 416. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Don't text us. Yeah. But yeah, we're going to be diving right in. So hmm. what's the first stage? Well, the three stages of relapse. We'll go over them. Yeah. Emotional, mental, and physical and they are in that order. Emotional, mental,
0: physical, yep. the stages of relapse.
1: So, contrary to what you might think about relapse, that it might be just a quick occurrence or situational, it's actually over time and it's happening when you might not even be realizing it.
0: Yeah, that's my favorite quote, is that relapse is a process um, rather than an event. Yep. And that really changed the way that yeah. I thought about it.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, Right, you think it's just like you I happen to be at a bar and you just take a, your drink and that's was, it. It's like no, there were things leading up to that I moment. it's like
0: this demon gets yeah, you. Yeah, it's well, like it this demon snatches you in the night randomly. Though <laughs> I didn't know that the demon was around for the a boogeyman minute. Got
1: you. Yeah, no, the no, Boogeyman
0: no. is hanging out with you for a little yeah. while yeah. before yeah. he gets
1: you. Totally, totally. So the first part is the emotional yeah relapse. Emotional relapse is the first phase of the three phases of relapse. During this stage. The person is not actively thinking about using drugs or alcohol at all. However, their emotions and behaviors may be setting them up for a relapse down the road. Let's talk about those emotions and behaviors, guy. Let's talk about those emotions and behaviors.
0: So the emotional relapse, I think the most important thing I just want to reiterate out of that was that you're not thinking about drinking at this point. no. You're not thinking about drinking at all. You're not thinking about doing the thing, texting the ex right now. No. You're not thinking about those things as these things are happening. So some of the things that are happening is just kind of like an overall feeling Mm -hmm. of
1: anxiety and depression. Not having control over your emotions. Not having control over your emotions. Not being in a good place with them.
0: Yeah. Just not feeling good. Bottling up your emotions. Uh, Poor self-care can happen. Poor eating and sleeping habits. Mm -hmm. If you're going to meetings and you are in recovery in like a 12-step program or AA, Mm -hmm you're not going to your meetings, you stop going or you're uh, not
1: speaking up in them. Even when I think about like when I was in rehab, yeah, um, my experience and there was someone else who I was friends with, we he he would never speak, which was such a telltale sign that he was going to drink again. Right. Yeah. And not to say that people who are speaking aren't going to relapse, but that's a very clear indication that this person is not emotionally in the right place and that they are going to drink. If you don't feel comfortable speaking about your emotions, you're bottling it up. The way I, I see um, having like extreme emotions, where our, our thoughts are going so fast inside our heads, we don't have time to fully process. So if you're bottling up inside, you're not taking care of yourself, you're not talking to other people, it's likely that you're. it's gonna snowball into something bigger, right? Yeah, no, 100%, um, and not asking for help, Isolating yourself from your friends, family, Mm -hmm. your peers, coworkers, whoever, whoever you might be talking to about Mm -hmm. these things, if you find yourself isolating, you're not in a good place. So what's so interesting is we realized when we were
0: doing this research and looking into emotional relapse that basically both of us haven't relapsed and we both kind of scratched our heads and just said like, it's a miracle that we haven't because we just won't and we don't. Mm -hmm. And then we realized that we put in... Jamie and I put in championship work into
1: stopping at emotional relapse. Yeah. So we we
0: do go through emotional
1: relapse. Because I guess we don't consider this stuff, these th- feelings, mood swings, yes. if you're feeling moody, defensiveness maybe. We aren't equating that to relapse yeah but it's the first step it's The
0: first step and we always nip it in the bud yeah you and yeah. i but it and took a lot of work i mean it, took, it takes a lot of work i mean we're yeah. going to therapy we're in the gym we have a really healthy habits and what's funny is when i that's why i think maybe i'm so discipline oriented mm-hmm. because when i fall off of my discipline
1: yeah. i i am at risk of yeah. more emotional relapse for sure so i think a huge thing to work on is having self-awareness mm-hmm. because when you don't you can't catch these thoughts yeah. that will then trickle down and keep going further and further until it's the next stage of relapse yeah but if you are aware of your thoughts and that takes work going to therapy mm-hmm. working on yourself it's a it's a process yeah and even like if your self-care slips
0: you just gotta get back on it, and it know. can look so different. for it looks so different. People. Like, but like brushing your teeth, for sure. showering, <laughs> do that. Like those yes. things, no, no, like no. that are like red Absol- flags of depression. Of course, I am such a like. You gotta fucking brush those teeth. Oh like, yeah, oh, same. Twice you know, a day, twice floss, a day, and if okay. you feel, if you feel depressed, like make it a fun activity to do. But like personal and hygiene, and if you're not
1: on top of your personal hygiene, yeah. your self care, you're naturally going to feel worse yes. about yourself. And that's going to affect your mind, body, spirit, soul, all of it. Mm -hmm. And that'll just be, you'll make you be like, well, I'm a piece of shit. I, I'm going to sabotage and I'm going to do these things. So it'll keep going if you don't catch it early. One thing that my
0: therapist taught me was to write lists when I'm feeling this way, Uh when I'm not doing the best emotionally. And sometimes something that I do is I will, I will do this awful kind of cycle, which I think a lot of people do where you think like, well, I have so much to do. But then you don't get mm-hmm. anything done because your body needs rest. But then mm-hmm. you spend the whole time resting, being like, I have so much uh, to do, though, and I have to go do these uh-huh. 10 things. But then you won't go do the 10 things. So she's always like, write a list, mm-hmm. get the list done, and then feel good and rest. Yep.
1: Like, yeah, that's something that's yeah, a journal, self-destructive thing. That journal, I mean. Journaling is so helpful because it gets your thoughts out and mm. able to process them. It's like having not a second party, but a little bit where it's yes. like you can see it more clearly. Um, and reconcile with these feelings because honestly bottling it up inside is one of the worst things you can do yeah. and it's so normal yeah. everybody has a yeah. tendency to do that unless you work on it but but that's the number one that's the number one thing for emotional
0: relapse is bottling yeah. up emotion
1: so what might be some coping mechanisms or some tools that we could give the, the Everyone. people, the people. Let's give our the people, friends. our friends,
0: some <laughs> totally coping mechanism. Like... So I think the biggest thing for me is I never recognized that it was emotional relapse before, but now I definitely will. Mm-hmm. And I think a big thing is just admitting to yourself, like I'm not feeling so good, and that's okay, and that's just part of sobriety, which is something I've always told yeah. myself. It's an acceptable part of sobriety that you're just not feeling so great. And also yeah. the first few things that you're gonna have to go through, like. Your first heartbreak sober is rough. Way <laughs> rougher than when you're drinking because you you're like I can't you go You feel the depths. You feel of it depths. Yes. and you also aren't like I'm going to You know what? I'm going to get fucked up. No, you can't numb it. You can't. Hide. Because no. when you go to the bar and you're sober and you're heartbroken and someone a guy is like, "Hi, what's your name?" or whatever. I'm just like, "Nah." Yeah. Like no, I no. yeah, heartbreak. Oh, yeah, no, no. oh my sucks. god. The so first, weird. I
1: mean, and again, we had very Yeah bad people yes. as our first whatever but <laughs> <laughs> a narcissist and bad, a sociopath we've, we've I mean been, we've been through some hard things yeah, but we've had some heartbreak because we learned we're a lot so from grateful it on the other and side. if knowing that we could get through yeah. that and still didn't turn to the thing that was going to destroy us mm-hmm. right like doing it drinking partaking would have just been numbing and running from those feelings mm-hmm. and then just snowballing into something much larger yeah. so we were able to work through it something that's Helped me is my spirituality and like my my interest in like say Buddhism and just know accepting that like life is struggle, addiction or not, whatever your pro like every there will always be struggle Mm -hmm. and it's not how can you avoid it because you can't it's about how you can get through it.
0: Yes, and that's I think the biggest lesson I've learned in sobriety, is you can't go around it you can't go no. over it you gotta you go, have to through go through it. it and if you're used to using substances to mm-hmm. cope you don't like going through it you're Chances not going are, you're not going you, through never, it. you don't like and you also over, you're going like under it you know that going through it you're just going down 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 uh, there, otherwise you wouldn't be getting yeah. fucked up yeah. to avoid going yeah. through
1: it so i think that and when you effectively get through it the feeling you have on the other side yeah. is so profound knowing your strength to come out on top and still be okay and now mm-hmm. stronger as a result of working through it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that definitely has helped. But some things maybe that you could do, like small self-care things, do a face mask, take a bath, go for a walk, call a friend, like very basic, simple things, whatever that looks like for Mm -hmm. you, paint, Take up your hog hobbies. Yeah,
0: I used to do when I first got sober. I would have baths all the time, and mm-hmm. I loved the ritual of drinking a glass of wine mm-hmm. in the bath. So I would get little non alcoholic champagnes, mm-hmm. pour it in a champagne flute, put like a little garnish yeah. on it, like a okay. like an orange peel or a lemon peel. Mm-hmm. Um, so it looked like I was having a French seventy five in the bath, nice. and I would have fancy like hour long baths, and it yeah. would really yeah. give me the ritual of the glass of wine, uh-huh. and I felt like a if fancy. Something special you missed, lady sure. and, and the ritual of it really
1: mm-hmm. helped me another thing I would suggest and not so much as like a form of escapism but sometimes we do need that or crave that a little bit of escapism from our own mind and whatever our issues are and instead of going to something destructive go watch a reality tv show mm. where you focus on other people's drama and it takes you out of your own head or like so much of why we love old sitcom shows, things like Friends, Seinfeld, these repetitive shows, but we also, because we've seen them so many times, we know the outcome. We don't have anxiety watching them. Like we know everything is going to be okay. Mm-hmm. So that's a form of escapism that will be good for you. Yeah. Don't waste your whole day away watching Battlestar Galactica, but like. Mm. <laughs> that's your show. No, but it's a, sk- <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's a skit in Portlandia. Like,
0: you know what? I, yeah, Totally. And I also think that even if you do need to watch it all day, if you're really sure. down in the dumps, like there's for- been days in my sobriety. I am probably I've become one of like the hardest working, most driven motherfuckers I know. I'm like David Goggins, but who's David Goggins? You don't know who David No. We're gonna watch pure David Goggins. Clips who's David after Goggins? This. Okay, he was like, I guess a lot of the girls probably don't know. David Goggins is like very much in the male space. okay, um, And so he was overweight, depressed okay. um, his whole life. And he would be like, he's just like one of the most inspirational people mm-hmm. of all time. Um, then he became a Navy SEAL. Oh wow! But he was like very overweight and depressed mm-hmm. for a very long time. And then he him. just decided one day to unleash the beast inside of him. He pretty much realized that life is struggle and you have mm-hmm. to accept it. Yep. The more you make yourself struggle the more prepared you'll be for these struggles and it'll get easier. He takes it to a crazy level though. And he talks to himself like he, like he, a lot of the way that I work out and a lot of my philosophy comes from David Goggins actually, Uh but I think he's takes it to an extreme love him. So he'll be like, when he's running, he'll just say to himself like you little bitch start running. Or like Uh when he does a cold dip, he's like get in the water, you little bitch. And that's kind of how I talk to myself, but Uh in a very, the, the I only speak to myself that way when I know it's something that's going to positively yeah. help my mental health. Mm-hmm. So like yourself. a cold dip. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm never when I'm eating cookies. I never am mean to myself when I'm eating cookies. Or like yeah. doing something like it doesn't. it That negative voice is like it's actually the voice inside of me that lo- I that loves me uh-huh. is like the same voice that's like don't fucking touch that alcohol, don't text yeah. that guy, don't whatever. This is the path that you're it's on. Is this so funny? So funny how we
1: all have so like your version of that is that, and mine is when I'm when I'm experiencing something a feel like some type of emotion or feeling, fear, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I just I tell myself even if it's like physical mm-hmm. feeling. Cold, whatever, cold dip. I tell myself, this is just a feeling. Mm-hmm. Like this is not real. I am just experiencing a feeling, but I have control over that. Like, and then you mm-hmm. sit in it and you allow it, yeah. and it's going to pass. Like See, it's going so to pass.
0: I allow it uh-huh. in the same way, but just but I talk. say like, this is making you tougher. Feel mm-hmm. it, feel mm-hmm. it. The weakness inside of you will die, mm-hmm. and it does. And like even my therapist has been like, yo, you're self-disciplined around. Like if, if, if I know it's best to not text someone or somebody has to be out of my life, I just will.
1: Yeah. I
0: just, I, and I miss them or whatever, Mm -hmm. but like, I, I will be like, no. And same with alcohol. I'll be Mm -hmm. like, no, it's just, I'm not going down that path. I will not do it. Even if, all of this is screaming at me and my voice mm-hmm. is telling me like the, the
1: demons are like, you should just have one drink. No, I just yeah, conquered no. it. And that's, I yeah. think. And then you get through it and you're like, yeah. well, I survived it. And something yeah. that I always tell myself and friends when they're going through things that one thing in this life is going to kill us. One thing will take us out. Everything else you will survive. Even when it seems like the hardest thing and just so upsetting, whatever you will get through it. But don't let that thing that take you out be alcohol or whatever. Like, had I continued, it would have been alcohol yeah. that would have killed me. Yeah. And I wasn't willing to go down that way. Like, something's going to kill me. I don't know what, but yeah. it's, I know it's not going to be alcohol anymore. And yeah. it, we're we're strong motherfuckers. Yeah, that's
0: the thing. I think that I think that I would just. The emotional relapse and coping and being in touch with your emotions Mm -hmm. is the strongest thing Mm -hmm. that you can do. Self-awareness. Self-awareness. Crying when you need to. Feeling the emotions. Being vulnerable to life. Don't judge yourself. Being passionate. Putting yourself out there like Mm -hmm. we are right now. Mm -hmm. That is what life is about and it's time you start living it. And that like that is really so emotional
1: relapse is tough, but just nip it in the butt before it can get to the next step. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Should we go talk about that the next stuff?
1: step? <sighs> it just gets worse and worse. I know it just gets worse. The <laughs> next step for me, reading about it and researching mental relapse was triggering because that was like it took me back to some dark places of my own mental relapse. The times, every time, because I relapsed time and time again through my addiction mm-hmm. um, when I was in active addiction, and yeah, it was like low moments. The mental Should relapse. Should I read what yeah. it is
0: exactly? Mm-hmm. When we choose to not work on any signs or symptoms of the emotional stage of relapse, there is an increased risk of transitioning to the second stage of relapse, which is mental relapse. Once in mental relapse, which is best described as a war going on inside one's mind, the individual is at a high risk for physical relapse. Part of them wants to use while the other part doesn't fantasizing about using is not uncommon in this stage. Again, it's a war going on in your mind. Part of you wants to use, part of you doesn't want to use. In the beginning, thoughts are brief and easy to handle. But if you live here for a while, the pull of addiction gets stronger and stronger. Yep, scary, scary moments. Scary, scary, scary moments. So this would be the stage of you've thought about your ex-boyfriend you're Mm -hmm. feeling anxious and you're picking up your phone
1: yeah or you're thinking and you're writing the
0: text and you're putting it away yeah you
1: know or you're thinking about people places things that related to your drinking you're starting to miss that um and you're minimizing consequences of your using Mm -hmm. right like I used to always moments leading up I would be like it wasn't that bad like me waking up in the hospital on Halloween, like it wasn't that bad. Like that's pretty, that's like normal enough, and you you play it down, like it wasn't so bad, even though you know it's weird because it's just yeah, this constant battle in your head, this war, like one side knows the truth and the other is trying to convince you that it's not. Mm-hmm. Like one is such a liar, manipulative piece of shit, part of your brain.
0: I used to also minimize the consequences of my drinking when I was actively abusing alcohol. Mm
1: -hmm. So, like,
0: when I was living on King Street and partying all the time and constantly drinking, I would minimize, and, like, one of the ways that I minimized is, okay, this is embarrassing to admit, but I think that a lot of people relate to this. So I thought there was kind of, like, two kinds of drinking. One was in bars and partying. Mm -hmm. But then there was, like, wine with your family, wine with your girlfriends. And those to me, like the wine one was less bad. Mm-hmm. Even though yeah. I consumed a bottle of wine. Yeah. Yeah. But to me, Because it, like it was a more tame cooking,
1: controlled environment. Yeah.
0: Was I poisoning my body? Yeah. Yeah. Was I just All as drunk as I was at locals only? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. But for some reason that was separate to me. And that's yeah. like a way that I minimized. Is uh-huh. I would be like, sure. well, like I'm just I just drink wine with the girls. I'm maturing. Mm-hmm. I just I cook and have a couple glasses of wine. Like mm-hmm. it's just it's wine. normal. Just some wine. Yeah. Do you want some vino? Uh-huh. Like I was so that uh-huh. girl yeah. and becoming that woman. And had I gone down that road, I think I would have been like a mommy juice. Yeah.
1: It's not normal to be drinking like a, bo- a whole bottle of wine on a Tuesday. Like it might be normal. People do it, but, but it's, it's not, not good for you. No. You shouldn't be doing it. No. But we accept it. We do it. Yeah. So Another... if I
0: did try to be sober, I'd be like, well, just yeah. a glass of yeah. wine. Like if but I was this at a family so thing bad. and they offered yeah. a glass of wine, I'd be like, yeah.
1: well, it's not that bad. Another thing you might be doing is starting to lie to yourself Mm -hmm. and other people and you're looking for opportunities, how you could partake in whatever the substance is without getting caught. Mm -hmm. I did that all the time. I was constantly like before rehab, after rehab, when I maybe if I was off for a few weeks and was telling everybody around me like, yeah, no, I'm I'm not going to drink like I'm getting better. I would be thinking in my head would be like a whole other narrative about how I can get away with this. How can I leave after? How can I? Who can I meet up with right now that has no idea about these issues? And I could drink, I can have some drinks, I can go home and just slip into bed. Like maybe this was when I was living at home still, like figuring out ways that I could get away with it without them having to know. Say I'm sleeping at this friend's house, like was constantly lying. Wasn't wanting to, wasn't trying to be a liar, but I was like in such denial and manipulating myself in the deepest parts that like it was second nature to then just lie to everyone around me. Mm. And it's like, I was also wanting to protect them a bit because mm. I was, I couldn't help but succumb to these demons inside that I was like, I don't want them to be a part of it.
0: So in your mind, it was like less manipulation. Like you didn't think you were manipulating. I wasn't them. trying you to you were protecting them. Yeah, a little
1: bit. Yeah. being yeah. like it's going to happen. Like I'm so destructive, but I don't want them to have to, worry or I want Mm. them to think I'm okay and and maybe it's yeah was constantly thinking about ways to to go drink and get away with it Mm -hmm. would pretend maybe I was at work later would say I'm with a different friend or somebody and you would fantasize about it thinking about it yeah thinking about maybe just going on a date Mm -hmm. and it's like that's normal to go on a date and have some drinks Mm -hmm. like I'm not doing anything weird but yeah it was I mean crazy Always minimizing the consequences yeah. of and the, the everything, the outcome that it would yeah, have. Yeah,
0: I would minimize the consequences that it had on my own life a mm-hmm. lot, like mm-hmm. like the fact that I wasn't living my dream in any way, shape, or form, and that I was, like, I was so depressed and did not like my life very much mm-hmm. in any way, mm-hmm. and I just kind of would minimize that. Yeah, yeah.
1: So some other signs of mental relapse might be you're starting to crave. Um, alcohol or whatever the substance is, and you might be having physical and psychological urges to use again. Mm. Um, again, thinking about people, places, and things associated with past use, hanging out with old friends or people that you would spend time with when you were using. Mm. That Maybe are also an act that addiction. are also an act addiction, so they're not going to try to stop you. No, they're excited. They're excited. The they're time. excited. You're here yeah. with them. Yeah. Bargaining. Can be like, oh, it's Uh fine. I'm not drinking
0: right now. Um, Like for me, what bargaining was with the wine instead of the liquor. Like, oh, I'm not getting fucked up at EFS right now, but I'm having wine with the girls. Was I as fucked up? Yes, both places. But totally. to me, it was like more wholesome, better. I would put it on my Instagram story. I felt more comfortable with people knowing I was having a bottle of wine in the <laughs> bath than thinking I'm in a tight dress at EFS yeah. flirting with some NBA player, right? Yeah. Like that was like, I was like, that's not my brand. But
1: like I was yeah. just, I'm you're still a fucking alcoholic. I but. would do it where <laughs> I, because my, I would always do shots because I was such a fucking addict where like, I wouldn't even get a mixed drink because I wanted it straight to my veins. Like, where people are getting cocktails, I'm like, what a waste of calories. Like, why have the alcohol and all the sugar? I'll just do a shot and get as drunk as fast mm-hmm. as possible. Mm-hmm. But obviously, that wasn't good and blacking out all the time. So then my bargaining was like, okay, like to my family and whoever was like on my case was like, I, I won't do shots anymore. Like, I'll drink beer. Yeah, like, yeah, I'll yeah. be fine. Yeah. And then I'm like drinking IPAs all the time because they're like <laughs> the 7% and then getting <laughs> And like, they go up to 13% of Insane. Yeah. So I'd have like three IPAs and be so drunk and think that's better. Like- ridiculous because people think oh it's just a beer it's like 100% what an addict that it's like I couldn't even just have a lager no I was having IPAs
0: no I couldn't and I actually I used to think that about Rattlers like Rattlers Uh are like 3.5% and when people would order Rattlers at bars I would work at I would be like you're a fucking idiot why are you paying eight dollars to not get drunk right now 100% so I didn't know that they were like going they were normal people going to hang out with their friends yeah Yeah, they're just like trying to enjoy or like the taste day yeah. and yeah. That they
1: didn't need to get drunk or it could be switching from one substance to another mm-hmm. destructive substance yeah so you know yeah, if you're smoking weed every single
0: day all day um and you don't have a job and you feel like shit
1: all the time it's just as it, destructive it could be a part day. of harm reduction like something all like that this, yeah but not if you're switching to something just as destructive i would say weed isn't as destructive as alcohol yeah like you'd be like switching to like a hard drug yeah um, but yeah, obviously lying is yeah. a huge, huge sign of mental relapse. Yeah. Thinking and scheming about ways to better control your using, which I was always doing. Was always trying to come up t- with some game plan about how I could continue to use, but how can I make it different? How can I make it look different? It was always my brain was <laughs> so not okay. Like It's crazy. crazy. So what would
0: you tell people to help them with mental relapse?
1: Well, play the tape through, maybe at the beginning. See how, like, and that comes with self-awareness, but being like, yeah. okay, really think about if I do do this, what is that going to look like? Where will I end up? Yeah. Like, how will this be different? Yeah. What will the outcome be? And it's usually the same or worse. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be like...
0: Yeah, there's. I have accepted and know there's no way I can accomplish my goals and yeah. be drinking.
1: So try to imagine the consequences. Mm-hmm. It's hard though because when you are in this mental relapse, it's like you're kind of far gone. Yeah, but you lack self awareness. Yeah, at that you do. Point. But try to think about like what, how will this affect my relationships? Mm-hmm. How will this affect my self value and my self worth? Mm-hmm. What, how will this affect me physically? Will this be really damaging to my job, the people in my life, myself? right like you don't want to continue this vicious cycle to try to play it through that being said it is hard to do right yeah what's another one you could do talk to a trusted yeah. friend oh yeah um lean on your support system
0: yeah i wish that someone had told me i wasn't okay when i wasn't okay um but when i did tell my parents i wasn't okay i i got the
1: support that i needed really quickly mm-hmm. Um they they'd be so much happier you telling them before you actually use. They're not gonna be yelling at you or really pissed that you're having these thoughts because you're coming to them for help. Right? Like if it's someone who really cares, they're gonna be there for you. But it's better than using.
0: Yeah, and especially if you have isolated some of your more sober friends to hang out with, you know, some of your old addict friends. T- kind of touching base with them um it's complicated mm-hmm. because you could damage that relationship you have and
1: yeah talking to your friends and yeah. family will help you see the outcome yeah. see the other side rationalize your thoughts yeah in the ways that a journal will or go to therapy yeah. like it's easier to get the thoughts out they're less jumbled and less controlling in your mind mm-hmm. but y- your thoughts can't manipulate you in the same way if you have another person talking back at you Um, and it's somebody who cares you'll feel less alone
0: I've told my family I've told my mom actually if I if I start drinking again you need to have like an intervention with me like if Mm -hmm. I'm drunk ever again like the like you know I will have a small like I'll have like three ounces of wine like a taster with Mm -hmm. a steak or whatever but if I am drunk ever again like I need a serious intervention Mm -hmm. and I need you to stop me it's not just like it is a relapse it's Mm -hmm. a real relapse I have real issues with this and I think that that's like really hard as someone who's like sober curious or didn't have Mm -hmm. that far gone of addiction but was clearly severely abusing alcohol Mm -hmm. um so I've kind of set boundaries in place too with those with those Mm -hmm. things if I'm talking about alcohol if I'm talking about drinking again it's serious it's not Mm -hmm. like oh well you know like she can have one so maybe it's not that big a deal like Mm -hmm. it's a big deal
1: yeah try to wait it out wait it out yeah it's tough because your mind is racing yeah but again go back to some of those other coping mechanisms watch a show try to relax yourself regulate your nerves and yeah you're going through a lot so just be kind to yourself and take talk, it one day at a time take it one day at a time always that's yeah. what they say in A.A. yeah take it one, one day, day at, at a time, time. yeah
0: Really try to relieve those nerves. Try Mm -hmm. to do everything you can.
1: Relaxation is an important tool in relapse prevention. And that can look like so many different things for you. Whatever you need to do to relax, if it's not harmful, Mm -hmm. do that. If it's not going to affect your sobriety, Mm -hmm. do that. Watch a show, like all the things we said before. But when you're tense you you're irritable and you just want an escape from these feelings Mm -hmm. so the quick that's a quick fix sure it'll make you escape and numb Mm -hmm. it but it's not going to make it any better Mm -hmm. and you'll just be in a way worse spot Mm -hmm. so there's a couple things to do psychologically like for me cbt worked cognitive behavioral therapy um it didn't work right off the bat, and I also didn't take it fully seriously Can right away. Can you describe away. what it is? Yes, let me get at the, the definition here. So CBT, Cognitive Behavioral Therapy, is a structured, time-limited, problem-solving, and goal-oriented form of psychotherapy. It helps people learn to identify, question, and change how their thoughts, attitudes, and beliefs relate to the emotional and behavioral reactions that cause them difficulty. So... I started, I did a bit of my own cognitive behavioral therapy in my earlier 20s when my depression and anxiety was really bad. And at an all time high, it could be like a a, a formatted in like paperwork, doing like journaling, writing things out, like really seeing how the way you're thinking and your emotions how that is affecting your behavior and how to change it. Like, so the neuroplasticity of your mind, your, your brain is like an elastic. Yeah. It can t- you can change the way that you think, but it's a, it's a lot of work. It's not just like a quick fix. You have to go through it. So my, I've said before, my oldest brother is a neurologist. So he kind mm-hmm. of stepped me through and gave me guidance with this. And it did help a lot in changing how I s- felt about myself with my anxiety and depression, but I didn't really apply it to alcohol use over time now i've i've mm-hmm. i've used it effectively but it's like such a good tool that you can use to change how your brain thinks to change your behaviors and how you execute actions Instead of like acting on these emotions, maybe like you you take a step back, you see the emotion and be like, OK, what can I do ha- to not have it be a negative behavior and action mm-hmm. in my life? Journaling is going to be a really good option and thing that you can do for cognitive behavioral therapy. It's really just like getting to see your emotions. It might be exposing yourself to a situation that might cause you stress and or whatever heightened emotion therapy therapy. so it might there will be parts of it that are uncomfortable Mm -hmm. it might be like going to things that might have triggered you and getting through it and changing your behavior in the moment rather than like leaning on that thing to, to fix you because it won't so it helped me with my anxiety and depression a lot but it, I continued to drink through it. Mm-hmm. And now as time's gone on in therapy and different things that I use, I've able, I, I've been able to change my behavior in like a huge way. So that's something that you could really look into if you need to speak with a professional about it, look online. But I would say CBT is something great that you can use to get over your addiction. And mm-hmm. if it's not just addiction, whatever, your substance use, whatever, but or just negative, negative talk, yeah. negative thinking you can change your brain like you can you're not set in your ways like we're constantly evolving and changing and there are things that you can do to change how you are in this world Mm. and in your mind And something that you did was a little bit different. Another form. And I didn't know that I did that. No, until the research. Yeah, which is so funny. We were reading it. We were like, "This is what you did." You're like,
0: "Yo, this is you." Yeah, this is what you did did to stop drinking. You. Yeah. So it's a contingency plan, contingency management. So it's an incentive. It's a type of reward, uh, such as a voucher. Uh, (laughs) It's like I'll read the exact definition here. It's a voucher. An incentive is a type of reward, such as a voucher, that can be exchanged for tangible goods like movie passes or retail Which is goods. So cute, that one. Or draws for prizes that a person in addiction treatment receives when they um, achieve positive outcomes, such as a clean drug test or a certain period of sobriety. If target behaviors are not met, the incentive is withheld. Um, so that's actually kind of how I became sober curious, and it it was weird because it's kind of not a traditional contingency. Yours is a
1: bit of a condition conditional contingency mixed with harm reduction.
0: Yeah. So what's what, what's fascinating about it is so I would say, okay, I can I can go partying in Toronto when I was living in Edmonton over COVID. I would be like over COVID. I would say. Okay, if I can do three months sober, like 90 days or whatever, Mm -hmm. I will go to Toronto and hang out with my friends as a reward and I can drink. Okay, Mm -hmm. so I would make it to the 90 days and I would get my reward and I would go to Toronto and I would feel like absolute shit and I would it's feel depressed again. It's funny because the
1: reward is then actually not a reward. No, it wasn't. So but the reward was feeling too. like
0: shit yeah. and the sobriety stuff was actually the mm-hmm. reward. My depression was gone. My mm-hmm. anxiety was gone. My relationships were improving. I was becoming more self-aware. I was getting into acting again. I was thinking about applying new, mm-hmm. new agents. I was thinking about what I wanted in life, where I was going to go, what my relationships should look like. Then I would do another two months or three months or four months, whatever I decided. And then it just, every time it would seem so lame and I didn't like it. And also every time I would consume less and less alcohol Mm -hmm. until it became like, well, if I do three months, then at Stampede, I could have a Bud Light and I'd have the Bud Light and I'd be like, I don't need this. What was this for? I will just have a Diet Coke. Yeah. So then it, it, it was...
1: It, and then you was can change a weird it then thing. to something not about now alcohol. Now I do, yeah. now
0: I do like um something that I do to help me reward myself is I think of my my expensive gym membership. Mm-hmm. Like we go to a very nice luxury gym and I think about my really expensive gym membership as kind of uh, contingency management. I think like, well, because I don't drink, this is a great use of my money mm-hmm. and it is a little luxe, but it's it's a reward for all of my hard work dedication to myself to my life and I should enjoy working out it's something Mm -hmm. that's healthy and keeps me sober so Mm -hmm. I do do it now very similarly to how I did it then I just don't use alcohol as the reward Mm -hmm. because that just stopped working for me and I didn't Mm -hmm. enjoy it and it really didn't work from the jump yeah but I just could not imagine my life without alcohol and I didn't know how harmful it was until I quit that's another, yeah. like, I really didn't yeah. know that I was severely abusing it and For ruining sure. my own life
1: until I stopped. And it could be like, let's let's now, let's flip this substance use addiction to like food addiction, right? Yeah. So if somebody's trying to use weight, they might use contingency management Absolutely. to reward themselves. If I do two weeks clean eating yeah. on top of it, working out, I'm going to reward myself with a really nice Italian dinner, Yeah. all the carbs, load them up. Yeah. And that, And either maybe that you'll feel good about it. Maybe you won't. And it'll just further motivate you to keep on your journey. But even still, like if it's something, if it's a reward, that's not going to be too harmful. Mm -hmm. It's going to be something that makes you feel good. Or maybe in your Mm -hmm. case it didn't. But that just teaches you. It it was harm reduction. You kind of mixed the two. Yeah. But it can be be so many things. It'd be, yeah, go to a movie, go to a concert, go on a trip. Like that hard work. Because with alcohol and substances and food addiction and all of these things, we are looking for a quick fix and that instant gratification, right? Instead of like putting in the work and having this gratification over time, over discipline and all the things like working out, like you're not going to see the results right away. You're not going to get instantly gratified, but after enough times of working hard, then you will get it. But like our addict brain can't stand that and wants it right away. So it's just retraining how your brain thinks, you know, retraining your behaviors, not looking for that quick fix, having delayed gratification, which mm-hmm. is so important and such a thing in life yes. that I think we need to strive for Yeah, and and apply it to so many things, your work, your, your body, mentally, all of it. Yeah. You can apply it with so many things. And something I wanted to talk about that we didn't discuss was maybe it's in the emotional, maybe it's in the mental, but... Maybe you stop, right? You stop using your thing. Mm-hmm. You stop, you get sober. And you think that suddenly your problems are just going to go away. And then you realize <laughs> they don't and that you're still mentally ill. It's like, oh, Why are you me- yelling at me I know, right now? I know, I'm sorry, Can you but- stop yelling at all of <laughs> us right now? It's, we don't appreciate uh, it. <laughs> it's, before we get into the physical, or should we could talk about physical and then talk about this after. Maybe let's finish. We'll do physical. Sure, and we'll talk sure. About it. Okay. sure. Yeah, let's, let's so, talk about that. All right, so well, you've mentally relapsed, okay? You're thinking you've about you're plotting. Relapsed, you've mentally relapsed. All of it. You're ready to f- partake. So then comes the physical relapse. Pretty much is what it is. A physical relapse is you've you're using again. Yeah. It might be a little bit. It might be a lot. Yeah. But, and it's it might it's separate from like let's say your contingency management plan where you're like you know you're going to be using for that specific time. Yeah. Or, so
0: when I would do that too though, if something bad happened. I would have my people who I trust, like when I went mm-hmm. through a lot of heartbreak last year, I talked to my family and my mom about making sure that I didn't drink because mm-hmm. I was extremely triggered. Um, and then I had no alcohol at all whatsoever for uh, nine months mm-hmm. um, because I, a contingency planner, sober curiosity would not have been helpful during that very dark time. If I had lost a parent or like a mega divorce, whatever was happening, then any type of sober curiosity is out the window. Any type mm-hmm. of that, like it is full blown sobriety. Mm-hmm. Anytime I'm I'm mentally or emotionally not doing well, it is not a okay. question that I yeah. am not allowed not. in my mind to yeah. have any, uh-huh. even It's a pot, slippery slope. Yeah. Even weed, mm-hmm. when I'm going through a really hard time, I'm pretty careful with because Same. i, I mean know, we don't really smoke
1: anyway now no. but like i would notice too if i was smoking weed and i wasn't in a good place even sober mm-hmm. it wasn't a good mix no and i used weed as for harm reduction to to quit alcohol it, yeah it, i did get over it with that and now we'll occasionally yeah. do an edible and like have a great time because yeah. like we never do it yeah, and we did. it's fun we're so hot now. we don't <laughs> smoke weed anymore <laughs> yeah um But yeah, if you're, if you find, and it's, it's a shame, it sucks. Yeah. You're hard on yourself. People might be hard on yourself, but don't beat yourself up too hard. If you have relapsed physically, like, yeah, it's, it's, it's all part of it. Sometimes it's not that common for someone to just quit cold Turkey. Like when they know they have a problem, like it's like usually years of abuse for me. It was 10 years of like bad bad things happening to finally stop and i never i have not relapsed since at the furthest it might have been an emotional relapse Mm -hmm. but even then like it's just been it's done out of my life yeah but i did relapse time and time i mean i went to rehab in edmonton i'm from toronto flew to edmonton i'm flying back to toronto after the month of of sobriety and rehab at 22 i'm in the air canada lounge At the airport, sitting there knowing there's free alcohol. I sat there and I was like, I could have a glass of wine right now. And nobody would know. And I could do it. I could have a glass or two and be fine and leave it at that. And then the other part of my brain was like, that's crazy. Like, you're literally leaving rehab. You should not be drinking. So I forced myself not to. And then the next day, when I got back in Toronto, I went to a concert and I drank.
0: So... That was me too. And it was funny because. But I would do these like, and I think a lot of people relapse this way and no one wants to talk about it and I'm about to make people feel uncomfortable. Is that like, if you said you were going to do a 90 day challenge or you were doing sober October and you made it three days, you have a substance abuse issue. I'm just telling you right now. The amount of to people
1: that can't. If you can't, if you say,
0: especially if you say you're going to make it, Four a month and you can't week. do it and you fail three days in. It's a problem. It's a problem. Mm-hmm. And that
1: is a relapse. Like you just because it looks your problem. You're whether you're aware, yeah, whether you're aware of it or not, just because it looks different from the person in the gutter, the homeless person mm-hmm. or the person who it's debilitating in their life, doesn't make it not a problem. Yeah. Like, you know, it's everything is spectrums. You just fall somewhere else mm-hmm. on the spectrum. But yeah, like my advice on if you do relapse, if you think, I know how hard it is to be like so hard on yourself and people might come down on you and be hard on you. It's going to be negatively impacting your relationships. Mm -hmm. Like try to have compassion for yourself, but also try to have accountability. Yeah. Try Like it's no one's going to be able to change this, but you people can do everything they can. They can yell at you reason with you until they're blue in the face they can tell you all the things all the research online there's so much to know about it but like until you are ready to change Mm -hmm. nothing's going to change yeah so you have to want this so badly um but yeah something that i wanted to talk about is if you're emotionally relapsing mentally physically whatever even when if you're sober and you get sober for some time or it's the beginning early sobriety a lot of people think that suddenly their problems are just gonna go away, that mm-hmm. alcohol or drugs, that was the problem. Mm-hmm. But it's like, no, the reason that you're an addict or the reason that you abuse these substances is because of underlying issues mm-hmm. that were there for a long time. And I think people do relapse a lot because of that. Those, those problems are still there and so at the forefront now that they can't deal with it, that it's too much, it's too overwhelming, so they use again to escape the sobriety is not the fix to your issues. Mm-hmm. Like you need to then go work on it, work on your demons with the traumas you've been through, whatever reasons you are using things in too much of an abundance that you need to work on that. Like for me also with like weight loss, like I, I experienced rapid weight loss. I lost a lot of weight in my, when I was like 20 and and I would use food to cope in the ways that I would with alcohol. Food was just an addiction that I had for a longer period of time before I started drinking. Yeah. And I would cope to numb certain things or to escape things that were bad in my life. And when and this is very common of people who experience, especially rapid weight loss, is that you think that suddenly, okay, I'm skinny now and I'm fit and I, I eat, right? And all of these things, I should feel okay, I should be happy. And when you're not, and suddenly... You're like, I did it, I thought I did the work and now I'm still unhappy. Mm-hmm. You can spiral. And which I did with drinking and different things, mm-hmm. or often other people can gain the weight back, or whatever it is. But it's you have to know that the solution is not sobriety. Well in
0: the beginning of sobriety is really tough. Mm-hmm. And again, we talked about this in the beginning of the episode, but the fact that you have to move through things. Mm-hmm and you will get better and better and better at moving through those things mm-hmm. i think that that is like like i have i've struggled with low self esteem like almost my whole life and that's why I, one of the reasons that i drank a lot And I've had to address my and I always joke like Mm. I hate going into therapy without having to talk about anything because she's always like, Let's talk about your self-esteem. And I'm like, Why you gotta do that to me? You're like, let's
1: talk about yours. Let's talk about what's going on with you. What's going
0: on with you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You think I'm paying I'm paying (laughs) to be here to talk about that? No. I I don't
1: Well, I'm not. But you you have to
0: work through it. I have to work through it and and that that gets easier and it has gotten easier. And I think we've been a great support for each other in working mm-hmm. through things. And I'm excited to do the attachment episode yeah. next week because, oh <laughs> because we are working <gasps> oh, through that. Yeah, and it, it yes, is
1: we're working towards horrible, Jamie. Attached. Yeah, it's We're brutal. working like as humans, as people, as species, whatever. Like we are constantly evolving and changing. Yes. Growth is so important. If you don't, like yeah. you will just crumble yeah. under the madness of this yeah. universe, right? So like, sub- s- getting sober alcohol and your addiction whatever is not your problem it's just a byproduct of your problem yeah but if you use when you shouldn't be it will just make it and a million times problems. worse and it'll cause yeah. problems and then make are, everything then, worse. then alcoholism is a byproduct of your alcoholism yeah. and it's brutal and yeah. it's a cycle but you gotta but stay on top of it
0: my favorite too is that this is something that i really am super passionate about in my life is the three p's of recovery which are passion power and purpose i think those are three things that keep me Mm
1: -hmm. so sober Mm -hmm, and emotionally
0: sober and um being on the right track feeling like you have purpose in your life feeling good about yourself that's almost the op all of those things are the opposite of what i felt when i was partying and drinking and abusing alcohol throwing it all away yeah feeling purpose in my day we gotta get this done we gotta do this we gotta do that doing things you're passionate
1: about yeah helping people whatever you feel your purpose is like Being sober now, like, I just would not trade this feeling for anything. And I've said it, I say it all the time, but it's just like, it's so deeply profound. And I I think that even our experience of having this and doing this, like we do this for us and this is fun and a project Mm -hmm. and something we want to work towards, but knowing that we could help people Mm -hmm. and that we are helping people, the amount of people we've helped just through conversation before starting the podcast, like touches me in a way that like, I couldn't, there's not enough words to say. Yeah and i'm so proud of us for it and yeah. it serves that purpose and passion and i'm so proud of the people that have stopped drinking f- after talking to us or feeling inspired or have cut back or mm-hmm. changed their life in a way that will better serve them like i'm so proud of proud of y'all i'm all so proud of our friends out all here
0: and keep fighting the good fight Yeah, I think
1: it's tough but don't be hard on yourself like yeah. it's a it's a journey but it's so worth it so worth it so worth it yeah
0: let's get back on the wagon
1: get back my dogs
0: yeah thanks for tuning in today what are we drinking today jamie
1: so today we got gts synergy this is one of my favorite ones it's a kombucha they come in so many different flavors i've been drinking this one for a few years and i honestly take it to parties all the time i think it's like a good amount to drink Um, and just pour it in a glass none the wiser no one knows what you're drinking and it tastes like pop ready i'm gonna taste it Mm.
0: it tastes really good have you had it before you know what this one okay i have had kombucha i'm a big kombucha Uh girl yeah same but this one i stayed away from because of like the hippy dippy branding i've been afraid of why i don't know i think i've been like i thought that it was a little too raw
1: oh really no. my, oh. you know what I mean yeah. but it tastes like pop but yeah this one's my favorite I wanna, like, like, I,
0: like I, I was always a little afraid to try it so I'm happy I tried uh-huh. it today thank you of
1: course yeah uh this one it comes in so many different flavors and I've tried so many different kombuchas yeah and I've found that this is my favorite one like consistently yeah. and I'll, I'll often switch and try up new ones mm. and they're good this one's just not as like tangy maybe that, as some yes of I
0: honestly I thought that it would be a lot more feet-y.
1: Really? Like yeah. you're super raw? Yeah. yeah so I'm drinking. It's so raw. So yours is trilogy. So I think it's like a mix of different flavors. Yeah. Mine's the golden pineapple. I love them. They just have so many different health properties and they're tasty. So we're Kitsilano Kombucha Girls. I know. I know. I love it. Right.
0: Okay. Well, please like and subscribe. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Bye. See ya.